section ninety one of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter twenty but that shall gall thee most will be the worthless and vile company with whom thou must be thrown into these straits dante o du moment d'horreur empoisonne alzira the hour of dinner came and when mrs st clair returned to her daughter's dressing-room she found her as she had left her extended upon a couch and deaf to all miss masham's hints of dressing mrs st clair dismissed the maid and then in a soothing voice said gertrude my dearest you will come to dinner i have had a long conversation with lewiston he has promised not to offend you with the bluntness of his american manners but you ought to make allowance for them he is an independent citizen of a republican state where all you know is liberty and equality but he means no offence and will endeavour to adapt himself more to our notions of propriety while he remains which i expect will be for a very short time while he remains i shall keep my own apartment said gertrude without raising her head impossible exclaimed mrs st clair in agitation he will never consent that is i cannot consent dearest gertrude if you would not have me on my knees again rise and come with me lady rossville sighed heavily and rose you will suffer masham my love to dress you no i will not be dressed to-day said the countess in an absolute manner at least you will have your hair arranged a little my love i will go as i am said lady rossville in the same self-willed tone or not at all mrs st clair saw it would not do to contend she gave up the point and accompanied by her daughter descended to the dining-room lady rossville's appearance certainly was not in unison with the pomp and order and high-keeping of everything that surrounded her her dress was deranged her hair was dishevelled the cheek on which she had rested was of a crimson hue while the other was of a deadly pale and though she passed on with an even loftier air than usual it was without once lifting her eyes from the ground i hope your ladyship feels recruited said lewiston as she took her place at table he evidently meant to be polite but there was something in the tone that grated on her ear she started at the sound of his voice and a faint flush overspread her whole face as she slightly bent her head in reply i found the countess fast asleep when i went to her said mrs st clair quickly as if answering for her daughter but she has not slept away that vile headache it seems however we are such a little quiet party that i persuaded her to appear we shall not expect you to talk my love but do eat something the soup is very good i think brumeau has even surpassed himself to-day you keep a french cook demanded lewiston that's a confounded expense is it not not for lady rossville said mrs st clair with a blush at the vulgarity of her friend as she saw a sneer on the faces even of the well-bred gentlemen of the second table ah but there are better ways and worse of spending money however another plate full of it if you please my lady you may give me two spoonfuls there that's it now will you do me the favour to drink a glass of wine 
the countess is so poor a wine-drinker again interposed mrs st clair that you had better accept of me as her substitute come we shall all drink together come my lady take a glass to drive away the blue devils this bad day gertrude's agony was scarcely endurable but she still sat immovable with her eyes bent upon her plate though without even attempting to taste what mrs st clair had put upon it what have we got here said lewiston as he uncovered one of the dishes and looked at it as at something he had never seen before a blanquet du pouillard sir said the maitre d'hôtel blanquet des pollard repeated he shall i help your ladyship to some of them come let me persuade you gertrude with difficulty made out a no thank you but mrs st clair was ready as usual to atone for her deficiencies you seldom eat i think my love till the second course i hope there is something coming that you like what was it you liked so much t'other day do you remember i don't know said the countess with a sigh and an absent look jourdain you ought to observe what lady rossville likes how stupid that i can't think what it was you said was so good was it perdre saute aux truffes perhaps i can't tell said lady rossville with an air that showed she was rather oppressed than gratified with this show of attention meanwhile lewiston was eating and drinking with all the ardour of a hungry man and the manners of a vulgar one he tasted of everything evidently from curiosity and though it was apparent that the style was something he had not been accustomed to yet he maintained the same forward ease as though he were quite at home well that may do for once said he after having finished but in america we should scarcely call this a dinner a trudge to his dog why another such as myself would have looked silly here i like to see a good joint or two mrs st clair tried to laugh but she coloured again as she said lady rossville and i make such poor figures by ourselves at anything of a substantial repast that our dinners have indeed dwindled away into very fairy-like entertainments but jourdain you will remember to let us have something more solid to-morrow what do you think for instance of a fine jolly juicy thirty-pound round of well-corned beef and parsnips or a handsome leg of pork and peas pudding and a couple of fat geese well stuffed with sage and onion swimming in apple sauce ah these are the dishes for me and he rubbed his hands with horrid glee it was a relief when dinner was over and the servants had withdrawn for although the degradation was not lessened at least there was no one to witness it unless it were the portraits of the rossville family as they frowned from their frames on the rude plebeian who seemed thus to have usurped their place gertrude had wrought herself up to a pitch of forbearance which it required all her powers of mind to maintain a thousand times she was on the point of giving way to her feelings and ending this hateful scene but as she caught her mother's eye fixed on her with a look of imploring agony she checked herself no thought she i will bear all for this night but worlds shall not tempt me to submit to such another and she sat in a sort of marble endurance while yet every nerve and fibre were stretched as upon a rack like all vulgar people lewiston told so many good stories of and about himself and talked so very loud and laughed so very heartily reason or none that he completely deadened every other sound 
a slight commotion in the hall caused by an arrival had not therefore been heard by any of the party when suddenly a servant entered and approaching the countess said colonel delmore your ladyship and scarcely had he spoken when delmore himself advanced with eager step gertrude rose to welcome him with a rush of delight which for the moment absorbed every other consideration but the first rapturous emotion over it was instantly succeeded by the painful consciousness of the strange and unaccountable situation in which he found her mr lewiston colonel delmore said mrs st clair in almost breathless agitation a friend of the family added she as she marked the haughty condescending bow with which delmore acknowledged the introduction but before lewiston had opened his lips his assumed overdone air of nonchalance his vulgar but confident deportment the very cut of his clothes awed at a single glance betrayed to colonel delmore's practised eye and refined tact that this friend of the family was no gentleman there was something so commanding in his own presence such a decided air of superiority about him that even the american coarse and blunt as he was in feeling and perception seemed for the moment overawed or at least was silenced gertrude began to breathe as she thought her lover had come to deliver her from the hateful bondage in which she was held by this man and her mother who were both in the jockey phrase evidently thrown out by his arrival it was not till he saw the countess seated at table that delmore was struck with her appearance as contrasted with all around her she who was always so gay and splendid in her evening dress was now in a morning deshabille her hair was beautiful even in disorder but still it was in disorder and although nothing could bereave her of her loveliness and her grace yet she looked ill and was embarrassed and altogether unlike herself you have been ill gertrude said delmore in a low voice and speaking in italian while he gazed upon her with looks of the deepest interest no nothing only since the morning answered she and what has happened since the morning inquired he still speaking in the same language while he turned a quick glance upon the stranger of all those pictures said lewiston throwing himself back in his chair and addressing mrs st clair in very bad french as he pointed to the family portraits which do you reckon worth most money mrs st clair's face crimsoned while she replied she was no judge of pictures and gertrude already wished delmore had not come she could not answer his question but scarcely knowing what she said she asked whether he had dined yes i was detained at darleton for want of horses and was obliged to have recourse to a greasy mutton-chop and a bottle of bad port by way of pastime and after all i could only get one wretched pair who i had the start of you there sir said the american rudely interrupting him i had four horses from darleton by jupiter how one does go with four horses and he chucked and made a gesture as though he were driving this was too much lady rossville started up and forgetting all her mother's caution said to delmore since you have dined there is no occasion to remain here and taking his offered arm with a haughty air she led the way to the drawing-room leaving mrs st clair and lewiston confounded at her temerity but as they passed on mrs st clair's voice was heard in accents of entreaty to her guest in the name of heaven what does all this mean said colonel delmore 
when the countess and he were alone but pride shame indignation checked gertrude's utterance and she could not answer something is wrong tell me what it is who is that man gertrude tried to repress her feelings while she answered he is an american that may be but certainly not an american gentleman he is an old acquaintance of my father's it seems then you have seen him before yes but he only arrived to-day and i trust will depart to-morrow it is unfortunate that you should have come at the very time when we are encumbered with such a guest you don't think i have come too soon i hope said delmore with a smile sooner certainly than i had reason to expect you said gertrude roused to recollection of the slight put upon her by her lover considering what interesting pursuits you were engaged in delmore coloured slightly and in some confusion said so you really were taken by my excuses lame as they were the fact was i was rather unwell at the time i wrote and not caring to say so to you i wrote i forget what something about making a fishing party with arabin was it not no matter what it was cried gertrude since it was not so though i would rather you had told me the truth at once but the fact was even so as he had first stated it but whether he had taken the alarm at receiving no letter from the countess or that he had tired of his company or that some sudden freak had seized him he suddenly left his party and set off by himself for rossville leaving them to follow at their own time gertrude's heart felt lightened of half its load delmore loved her as much as ever and he was there to protect her what had she to fear and again her sanguine buoyant spirit danced in her heart and sparkled in her eyes well you will endure this odious american for to-night said she and to-morrow will surely rid us of him but he is so rude and overbearing in his manners that i fear you will scarcely be able to tolerate him promise me then that you won't notice him i am so afraid of your quarrelling quarrelling repeated delmore with a smile of contempt no i expect to be much amused with him but as for quarrelling with such a person oh he is not a person to be amused with said gertrude in alarm he is coarse and violent and must not be provoked do not for heaven's sake attempt to make game of him what has brought such a person here i cannot tell but promise me that you will for this night bear with him such as he is delmore promised but smiled at the same time at the importance she attached to so insignificant a being nothing more was said for just then mrs st clair entered with traces of agitation still visible on her countenance gertrude expected that her mother would have taken notice of her abrupt retreat from the dining-room but she did not speak she seated herself with assumed calmness and began stringing some pearls belonging to one of her bracelets but her hand shook and her thoughts were evidently otherwise employed in a few minutes she rose and rang the bell when it was answered have you got the cigars for mr lewiston inquired she of the servant i do not know ma'am replied mr thompson whose business it was to adjust chairs not to furnish pipes and who seemed to resent the question by the cold pomposity of his reply inquire then and let me know immediately so in addition to his other agreeable qualities mr lewiston is a smoker said lady rossville provoked at this pollution of her beautiful apartment but she was sorry she had said it for mrs st clair only answered with a sigh so profound that it seemed to come from the very bottom of her heart some minutes elapsed and again she rang have the cigars been taken to mr lewiston and she seemed relieved when an affirmative was returned 
well mr lewiston is indulging his taste then said the countess i must go and dress the old adage of better late than never is certainly illustrative of my case to-night and she turned from the mirror ashamed for the first time of the image it reflected and the best apology i can make for my boots said colonel delmore is to take them off as fast as possible and the countess and her lover severally retired to their toilettes End of section ninety one